Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, January 4th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Businesses on both sides of the English Channel start the new year with a Brexit trade deal in place. European countries are mulling more coronavirus restrictions, and law firms are slashing office space in the UK because of the pandemic's work-from-home culture. Plus, the cryptocurrency Bitcoin has been on a tear lately and just hit a new milestone. We'll take a closer look. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Twenty twenty, the year Brexit finally happened. But even though the UK is fully separated from the European Union, there's still much that needs to be done. I'm joined by the FT's political editor, George Parker, to talk about it. Hey, George. Hi there. So, George, we spent the last few months wondering whether a deal would even get done, and now we have a deal done. Uh, How did Brexit go as the clock struck midnight on New Year's Day? Well, it came and went with a bit of a whimper, really, to be honest. I mean, the post-Brexit transition period ended at 11pm UK time, midnight Brussels time, on New Year's Eve. And that was the point at which Britain left the customs union and the single market that we've been members of since we joined the EU or its precursor back in 1973. So it was a you know, a big moment, really, um, for the country. The fact is that nobody really either marked the moment at all. The Prime Minister was watching it from number 10 Downing Street with his family. There were no celebrations by the Brexiteers. There were no wakes, as far as I could tell, by Remainers. It was just the moment came and went. And I think it's a sign, really, of the country being exhausted by Brexit. But nevertheless, it does mark a sort of a, a seismic change in the way that Britain trades with the rest of Europe. Regardless of the fact that Prime Ministers signed this Brexit trade deal, the free trade agreement with the EU on Christmas Eve, that doesn't have any impact on the most pressing part of Brexit, which is that we're leaving the customs union single market means that companies now have to fill in lots of forms and undergo checks whenever they move stuff across the border, which is currently open. And how that actually works in practice I think we're going to find out in the next few days, really, when uh, business starts waking up again after the New Year holiday. So, George, last year there was a lot of negotiating by governments. Are are we done here? What's next? Well, I think the first thing to do is just hold our breath for the next few days to make sure that the border operates as it, you know, in the way that ministers hope it will do. So that's the first test. But then the second thing really is the unfinished business of the um, Brexit negotiation, the free trade agreement, which, as you recall, has at its heart a tariff-free arrangement for the trade in goods. But the trade deal didn't cover 80% of the UK economy relating to services and in particular financial services. So in terms of unfinished business, the regulatory arrangements for trading in financial services are probably the most important thing for the British economy and for FT readers in particular. And the idea is that by March, both sides will have worked out some sort of memorandum of understanding to show how the two sides can trade with each other post-Brexit. And this comes down to this issue of equivalence, whether both sides recognise each other's regulatory systems as being robust enough to manage financial stability and, and the rest of it. The EU side, frankly, is making Britain sweat a bit on this because they, they will wait for two or three months before they actually grant these equivalence rulings, as they're called. George Parker is the FT's political editor. Thank you, George. Pleasure. Governments across Europe are deciding whether to beef up pandemic restrictions. On Saturday, France moved its overnight curfew, so now it starts at 6 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is expected to impose stricter measures and delay school openings. Germany is debating whether to extend its nationwide lockdowns until the end of the month. 
Germany's seven-day infection rate is almost triple the level at which policymakers have suggested it would be safe to ease restrictions. The current restrictions are set to expire on January 10th. This all comes as critics are going after the EU for the way it's handling its vaccine procurement and rollout. To give you an idea of how it's going elsewhere, the U.S. has already given more than 4 million doses of the vaccine. The U.K. more than 1 million doses. Meanwhile, Germany has administered 238,000 doses and France only 350. Twenty twenty was supposed to be a banner year for law firms moving into newer, more glamorous digs. At least that's what UK tenant advisors Devono Cressa said. But that was before the pandemic. Lawyers, like many others, have been working from home. I'm recording this podcast from a closet. In response, law firms are downsizing on their office space. Firms like Norton Rose Fulbright and London-based Field Fisher are projecting they'll shrink floor space by 30% to 50%. Other firms are extending current leases and canceling plans to relocate to expensive new offices. And those who are stuck with long leases hope to save money by subletting some of their empty office space. The global legal business DWF thinks it can save up to £600,000 in its half-year results in December, partly by cutting floor space by as much as half in many locations. Bitcoin has reached a new milestone. After a surge last year, the cryptocurrency yesterday climbed above $34,000 for the first time. But there's still skepticism over Bitcoin, which is being increasingly viewed as an alternative asset, uncorrelated to other mainstream investments. I'm joined by the FT's Deputy Markets News Editor, Ian Smith, to look at what this rally says about Bitcoin. Ian, what exactly did we see with Bitcoin's milestone yesterday? So on Sunday, the price of one Bitcoin topped $34,000 for the first time, having crossed $20,000 only in December. These are all-time highs set by this cryptocurrency, and it's important because of the sheer pace of the gains that we've seen. Bitcoin rose by more than 300% last year. If you compare that to gold, gold rose by 25%, and US stocks gained 16% over the year. So we're really seeing a frenetic rally in this cryptocurrency. And because of that historic rise, there's been a decent dose of skepticism that's come along with Bitcoin. Um, Is there any reason this pop is any different than what we've seen in the past? People can be forgiven for thinking that um, we are seeing a repeat of the events of late 2017, early 2018, where there was a surge in Bitcoin followed by a crash. Bitcoin's critics point out that it has no fundamental value. Unlike a stock, it cannot be valued against a company's earnings or assets. And unlike a mainstream currency, it's not really tied to any particular economy. So there is that concern there that this is purely speculative in nature, this rally. But its supporters point out a couple of breakthroughs in recent months, including PayPal saying in October that U.S. customers would be able to hold Bitcoin in their digital wallets and use it to buy for more than 20 million retailers. We also had later in the year news that Coinbase, one of the big crypto exchanges, was um, planning to go public in the U.S., So these milestones, coupled with big interest from certain professional investors, um, what many are seeing is an increasing professionalization of uh, Bitcoin, are making people think maybe things are different this time. So Ian, are more investors drawn to Bitcoin because the idea of cryptocurrency is no longer a foreign concept? Like, it's not this unfamiliar idea, so, so people might be more attracted to it? 
that's certainly what people are saying, those who are bullish on Bitcoin, that the increasing popularity and awareness of cryptocurrencies, not just Bitcoin, but Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies, is driving part of this big rally in the price. Um, they also point to an increasing participation by professional investors and big hedge fund names. And some of these are seeing obviously outsized returns with the price gains that we've seen. And also the closer integration of Bitcoin into the mainstream financial system. So one CEO of a um, crypto platform, Luno, described it to me as a positive domino effect that you have this greater awareness coming alongside this, you know, greater institutionalization of the asset class and interest from kind of big name investors such as Paul Tudor Jones. Ian Smith is the FT's Deputy Markets News Editor. Before we go, a group of Republican lawmakers in the U.S. plans to stage a rebellion this week. They're expected to try to block the certification of Joe Biden's presidential election victory when the vote comes up on Wednesday. At the time of this recording, at least 12 senators and 140 members of the House of Representatives said they plan to vote against the election results. But the effort is considered unlikely to be successful. President Trump has been leading the charge on calling the election fraudulent. It was reported on Sunday that the president pressured the Georgia Secretary of State to find votes in order to overturn the state's election results. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.